Games rated RP to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we preview the seventh year of Nintendo Switch. My name is Chris, and I am once again joined by two friends of mine from Nintendo of America, Jason from the communications team. Welcome back, Jason. Howdy. Thanks for having me, Chris. Of course. And Anthony from the social media team. Welcome back once again, Anthony. I think you're going for, you're going to punch all the holes in your <laughs> membership card there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm a friend of the show, yeah, officially. Yeah. I think you are both <laughs> best friends of the show at this point. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, also becoming something of a tradition for me to have you both on the first episode of the year so we can preview the year ahead for Nintendo Switch. And you know, this year you could, you know, you could just give me the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and I'd be perfectly happy. Um, but even better, we've got a lot more than that on the way from Nintendo and plenty of other developers. And actually, we already know about way too many games to fit into just this one episode. So we're going to cut out all of our usual segments to try to squeeze in as many games as possible. Um, but even so, keep in mind that we'll only be touching on some of what's been announced. Uh, and of course, we're not even counting any games that haven't been announced yet. So now that I've made all those necessary caveats, are you guys ready to talk about some games? Yes. Always. Always ready. Great. All right. Well, we're going to do this season by season. And first up, um, we're going to finish out winter. And so far this season, we've already got Fire Emblem Engage and the first two waves of the game's expansion past DLC. And the surprise release of the digital version of Metroid Prime Remastered, plus the addition of Game Boy games to the Nintendo Switch Online service and Game Boy Plus Game Boy Advance games for Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Uh, but we've still got more to look forward to before winter ends, um, starting on February 15th with Volume 3 of the Xenoblade Chronicles Expansion Pass from Nintendo. Um, of course, you got the new hero character, Masha, um, roguelike challenge battles where you get to choose one character to battle waves of enemies to win uh, more heroes, special abilities, and in-game outfits. And then, um, and then later this year, at some point, we'll have uh, Volume 4 of the DLC as well. So this is a game that uh, we were talking before the the show here, Anthony, that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Um, I don't know what there is more to say that we haven't said other than it's an amazing epic adventure that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, there's just so much content. I mean, um, again, you know, we've talked about the game <laughs> on the on the podcast before, but um, you know, if you haven't had a chance to to jump in and play, um, you know, just consider this, you know, the extra little push you need to uh, to keep you going for quite a while because um, yeah, this is volume three, and then of the uh, expansion pass. And then, yeah, there's more to look forward to in volume four as we got a little bit of a, a sneak peek um, in the Nintendo Direct. So um, yeah, I'm excited. New hero, um, challenge battles. So there's just a ton of content. I myself mm -hmm. need to get back into it. Not not uh, not for lack of trying. It's definitely on my uh, to playlist. But uh, yeah, to, to Anthony's point, I think the continued offerings with the expansion pass uh, are very enticing, especially if you're someone who's really into the gameplay of the game. Um, these different challenge battles, I believe Volume 2 also had a similar uh, kind of uh, challenge mode. And if you're really, really feeling that uh, that gameplay, this kind of action-based RPG gameplay, it's it's uh, a lot to, to chew on. And then, uh, like we said, Volume 4, there are big things coming. So, if nothing else, it will tug at your heartstrings, and it, the score is just amazing. So, if you're you know just a fan of of music, 
and a good story, then that alone should get you right into it. Absolutely. And, you know, this is a game that I keep coming back to. Um, I certainly haven't exhausted all of the content that's all already available, but I keep playing and I keep enjoying it. And it's nice to know that, uh, you know, when you're playing a great game and, you know, you feel like you're starting to get toward the end part of it and you're like, oh, I kind of don't want it to end. It's nice to know that that's still a, that, that moment is still a long ways off for people playing this game. A lot to still look forward to. Coming up next on February 24th, we have Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, also from Nintendo. Of course, this is the um, kind of remastered version of the original Wii game that released back in 2011. Um, and I love Kirby games. I love classic Nintendo kind of um, side-scrolling platforming games. So this is one that I'm really excited to get back to. I always love uh, when you can jump in with with three friends and have really just a, a raucous time, like everyone doing different attack types and copy abilities and super abilities kind of compounding on top of each other uh, just makes for a really fun, but also a pretty laid back game experience. So, um, and any chance to to hop in and play uh, Bandana Waddle Dee, I'm always, I, ju- I just love saying Bandana Waddle Dee. It does roll uh, off the tongue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you know, there there is a, a demo that's available in the Nintendo yeah. eShop, and I mean, that's always nice, right? You 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 see something, and then you just get to go and play it right away and try it out. Um, I personally did not actually play the original Wii game, so for me, this is what I'm looking forward to, just to sort of you know see what I w- I missed out on. Um, but then there's all sorts of new content, so um, that's always nice as well. Yeah, I played a lot of the original game uh, with my son. Actually, we really enjoyed it. It was. Um, it was a nice um, kind of straightforward uh, platform action game that you could uh, that I could enjoy with him, but still had a little bit of a challenge here and there, and um, and you know something that I'm especially looking forward to having played that version of the game is that new um, what's it called the Magalore Epilogue I believe yeah. that was announced in the Nintendo Direct. You know you get 20 new stages that you can access after clearing the original story mode and play it with up to four players locally on the same system. And, uh, and just that whole um, kind of fun flow of like you start off basically having lost all of your powers and you get your abilities back slowly as you play through this mode and, uh, and kind of in the order that you want, I think. So it'll be cool to kind of get better and better until you're really dominating uh, those new stages. So looking forward to that. And like you said, Anthony, the demo is available now on uh, Nintendo eShop. Yeah. All right. Then next up, um, also on the same day, I believe, February 24th, Octopath Traveler 2 from Square Enix. Of course, this is the sequel to the uh, 2018 RPG that kind of introduced that HD 2D style of graphics that I love so much. It it looks really new and, and kind of cool, but also it feels very retro, almost like you're looking at a little diorama through like a macro lens. Can never get enough of that. And, uh, you know, you get eight new travelers with their unique stories and skills, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot in this game to explore and figure out. Yeah, I mean, this is Octopath Traveler. Um, the original Octopath Traveler the first game was... One where you just, you know, you just, you can sit there and just marvel at the visuals for the entire game. Um, and especially if you're a fan of, you know, RPGs, it, it there's a lot to offer there. Um, and all the environments, they just, they're so unique um, and they just, they just really stand out. You know, the, the character models, the, just the environments, um, the enemies, all just amazing, amazing work. And so, um, yeah, I am going to check this sequel out. Um, as soon as I <laughs> get a chance after I'm done with all these other <laughs> amazing things we've been talking about. I, I think I just play them all at the same time. That's what I do. Yeah, just don't commit to one 100-hour RPG. Commit to, like, five of them, but for, like, <laughs> yeah. 10, 15 hours apiece. Exactly. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I adore this. I love this structure of uh, the original game and, and this game. Um, I think uh, another uh, game that I enjoyed from last year was Triangle Strategy, um, also from Square Enix, and the uh, uh, Live Alive uh, update, remake, uh, <laughs> refinish. <laughs> yep. um, you got it. <laughs> that, that also has this kind of, um, you know, multiple stories that, that all kind of tie in. Uh, to this larger uh, feel, almost, style of the game. And, uh, yeah, all of them are, are gorgeous-looking games. I, I especially love um, a lot of the, like, physics and, and animation uh, that have progressed from Octopath to, uh, say, Triangle Strategy and, and now this. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, more from this game. Yeah, it's been great to see this kind of game evolve a little bit. And like you mentioned, Live Alive, had something a bit similar with the first Octopath Traveler in that each character kind of comes with their own cool story, right? So it's like you're getting all these great little stories in one package. So I'm excited to meet the uh, the eight new characters of Octopath Traveler 2 and, and see what kind of different stories they have. Yeah. And if nothing else, I appreciate that there are there's another demo available for this yes. game as well. So you're getting sort of you know a chance to try a lot of really fun things from this Nintendo Direct. Yeah, that's a great common theme here with a lot of the titles we're going to be talking about. Now, to close out winter, like I said, we do got to keep things moving along, but I wanted to, to, to mention a few other games as well. Um, on February 14th, we have Blanc from Gearbox Publishing, which has a really cool and original art style. And then on February 17th, Tales of Symphonia Remastered from Ben Dynamco. And then on February 22nd, we have the physical edition of Metroid Prime Remastered from Nintendo. And then moving on to spring, we're going to start off with, on March 17th, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon from Nintendo. Of course, this is the prequel to all the other Bayonetta games. Um, Cereza is Bayonetta before she got the name. Um, she's a young witch in training, trying to free her mother. There's a lot of cool new um, control options in how this game plays. It's very different from the rest of the games in the Bayonetta series. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I I just recently finished playing uh, Bayonetta 3, and so uh, this one is, I'm definitely welcoming this one into my, my catalog because it, it, for one, it's just, as you see, it's a different style of, you know, a different art style. It's kind of, it's got this uh, cool storybook look and feel, and so um, it's always kind of cool, you know, when you are a fan of a series and they take a, a cool kind of different approach with a new story, um, something that, you know, connects in one way or another. Um, and the gameplay, the game mechanics are definitely far different from any of the uh, Bayonetta games that you might you might have played. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to really get my hands on this one. Yeah, speaking of the gameplay, I'm such a big fan of the idea of of taking something that's really uh, a franchise uh, such as Bayonetta, all about action and go go go, and uh, you know button combos, and really pulling it back and saying, all right, the left Joy-Con moves. Cereza, and the right Joy-Con moves Cheshire, and so you have to really do all of your gameplay in that mode of thought where you have these two characters and you have to approach every puzzle or all the combat um, with this in mind, and it's such a departure. I think it's a, it's a cool risk to take, and the developers at Platinum Games, I'm sure, are up to the task. Yeah, I love the idea of, like, in combat, the strategy being again, using the left Joy-Con to control Cereza, where you can bind enemies, because she can't actually attack on her own, um, but she can hold the enemies steady while you use the demon um, Cheshire with the right uh, Joy-Con controller to come around and then slash and chomp and uh, attack that way. So I'm really curious to see how that 
plays out and kind of how the, the strategy and combat works, and then also how the two of them can work together in more of the puzzling elements and the environments too. So really cool idea that I think will really be interesting to explore as the game goes on. Yeah, I mean, for those who have played Bayonetta, you know that like her personality is so strong. It's it's a lifestyle of sorts. And so <laughs> in my head, I have been Bayonetta when playing these games. But now in Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon, I am Cereza. So I need to <laughs> I need to make that <laughs> mental shift. But that's okay. I'm all I'm all for it. Go back to that earlier time. Yeah, exactly. You're just not as powerful in Umbra Witch. It's it's a tough it's a tough shift. Powerful in different ways. <laughs> Awesome. Well, moving on to April 21st, we have Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp from Nintendo. This one's been a long time coming, and I couldn't be more excited because I'm a huge fan of the original games. And of course, this is a remake containing two campaigns that cover the events of both Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising, originally for um, Nintendo handhelds. And, you know, it's that tactical turn-based combat for people that maybe aren't familiar with the Advance Wars series. You know, uh, I guess at its most basic level, it's it's not too dissimilar from a Fire Emblem game. Of course, much more of a modern military setting than a than a fantasy kind of setting, but still um, kind of very cartoony and very kind of welcoming. And I think for people who haven't played those types of games uh, a lot before, this is a great starting point. Yeah, the characters in this game are are very charming. Actually, it's one of my favorite um, things from this uh, entire series. I think the um the DS game, Advance Wars Dual Strike, uh, really leaned into uh, some of that characterization. And I think we see very um, uh, good representations of, of that in both of these two games. Uh, it kind of sets up a, a really uh, enjoyable play experience with characters that, um, you know, are just very fun and uh, interesting sort of uh, caricatures <laughs> uh, that are that are um, just a blast to play with. So I'm, yeah, big fan of this series as well. I really love the tactical gameplay and excited to see it rolling out. Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I'm excited to try out the versus mode in the game. Um, I mean, I'm always about, you know, any sort of uh, com competitive gameplay that I can get into. And so this is a kind of a, a cool, a different spin than what I'm used to on, you know, something competitive and... Um, yeah, and you can you know you can play up to four players locally, so that's cool. But you can play two players, uh, two player battles online, so um, that's something I'm particularly excited about. But yes, overall the charm, uh, just the look and feel, the characters, I, I love it all. So I'm definitely gonna try it out. Yeah, not only can you challenge friends in a two player online battle, but you can also design and share maps with those same friends online or locally. Um, you know, which can be really cool. You know, make some really devious battle environments. <laughs> And Jason, you talked about some of the cool characters, especially of the commanding officers. Um, and those are that longtime series fans will know characters like Andy, Max, and Sammy. And, you know, they each have their own special CO powers that can really, you know, turn the tide of battle and, and, um, and you know, boost the abilities of the troops and things like that. So it really kind of adds a certain dynamic element to the, the gameplay that keeps it, you know, really, you might think of a, a turn-based kind of strategy game as being a little bit slow and, and, and thoughtful. Uh, and I guess it can be if you really want to be super careful with every move, but uh, a lot of uh, cool things keep spicing it up. And while you're, whether you're, you know, fighting other enemy units or like, you know, taking over, uh, capturing towns and bases, things like that, um, there's just a lot kind of to do on every map, whether you're kind of speeding through it or really taking your time on the larger areas. Then moving on to 
May 12th, we have, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom from Nintendo. Oh, <gasps> yes. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one, partly because I don't know about that much about it <laughs> other than what we've seen, but also partly because I just love The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild so much. And really the whole Legend of Zelda series is one of my all-time favorites. Um, but specifically, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is my favorite game in that series ever. Um, and I didn't know that anything would ever pass some of the older games for me. So that's saying quite a lot. And, um, and just getting the sense and kind of seeing the little teases we've gotten. And then of course, the, the biggest trailer so far in the most recent Nintendo Direct, there's a lot there and I'm not always exactly sure what I'm looking at, but it all looks really exciting. <laughs> That's a that's a great way to put it. Um, I totally agree. The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is still uh, an absolute favorite of mine, and it's a long time uh, the Legend of Zelda franchise fan. It is really great to spend more time in that world, um, and it looks like uh, it looks like this game will very much deliver it. Um, yeah, just a lot to kind of pick at from the trailer. Uh, there's some vehicles w that are happening uh, <laughs> across the, the land and skies of like Hyrule. The sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, there's some really interesting looking weapons that were, uh, I think we'd seen previously uh, and we're seeing a little more of now. And then, uh, of course, just the um, kind of focus on the characters uh, where we're seeing Link and Zelda pop up. It's... Uh, Every new shot of them that I see is is very full of intrigue. So uh, I'm, you know, I was in from day one, but uh, I just, I'm so excited after that, watching that trailer. Yeah, I mean, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was such a, such a great experience because, I mean, for me playing it, I was enamored by the story, cinematics, the gameplay, everything. I mean, it's, it, it's almost like, I mean, you can't ask for more from a game, uh, you know, to do so well with so many different things. But I think I became a little bit more enamored with it as people, as more people started to pick up the game and try new things and find different things. And it kind of gave you a different perspective on the game. So you went back and you played it again and you kind of did that. And till this day, right, we're still doing that. And so I can only imagine how that experience will unfold with uh, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, of course, you know, we all are, are just automatically just going to pick it up and get right into it. But I, I feel like it will be, um, a, you know, a game that, that lasts us for a very, very long time in terms of just, you know, the things that we're trying and things we're getting into and, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to being, yeah, part of that world again. I'm still playing uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, so um, they'll have to pull me away from that, I guess. I know. I still have, I think, it might just be one shrine at this point in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild that I haven't tracked down yet. And I've kind of been saving it, thinking... Savor it, yeah. In the, in the ramp up mm -hmm. to the new game, I'm finally going to go back and check that off the list, and and, and, and that'll be fun. So maybe maybe grab a few more Korok seeds, too. There you go. Yeah, anytime I go back, that's that's where I'm, uh, you know, I throw on the, the Korok mask from the expansion pass and, and just go hunting and just spend time in Hyrule. So for, for your sake, I hope, uh, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say kind of cruelly maybe that the <laughs> I hope the final shrine is a minor test of strength. You just go in and knock it out and move on. But um, there are so many really wonderful, uh, wonderfully designed shrines. And I think the ones that are particularly uh, devious to find uh, are very rewarding in their um you know, just the content of them. So 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for folks who uh, maybe haven't played Breath of the Wild, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, or uh, haven't played for a while. Uh, the game is on sale right now uh, until the 18th. So uh, this is your, this is your this sign. Is yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, Chris, you should save that final shrine until May 11th. And then, <laughs> boom, right back into it. <laughs> May 12th. Yeah. That may not be a bad idea. And, you know, just the thing that I love so much about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is uh, obviously there's a, a lot of great, um, you know, th there's a great, you know, straightforward, you know, progression if you really just wanted to kind of, you know, get to the end as quickly as possible. But it is such a fun world to just play in. The, the fact that, you know, you can pretty much, you know, if you've got enough stamina and enough the right equipment, you can pretty much climb anything, go anywhere, set your own challenges, um, fool around. And like you said, Anthony, um, we've still to this day continue to see people discover things or maybe use items in ways that, that we didn't know was possible before. So I just can't wait to see what's possible in the new game. And, um, you know, there's not much more that uh, we can say about it right now that we that we even know about it. But a couple of cool things that we did see here recently was the announcement of the collector's edition, which is going to contain the, of course, the physical version of the game, an art book with some concept art in it, a steel book case, a steel poster, and some pin badges, which sounds great. I got the collector's edition of the uh, of the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, so I'm definitely going to be doing that again here. And then a new amiibo of Link um, from the game that will be available separately which I think grants um, materials, weapons, and, and some special fabric for Link's paraglider, if I remember correctly. So I'm excited for that as well as a huge Amiibo fan. So um, so much to look forward to, and, and I guess uh, there'll be a lot more to talk about in the coming months for sure. All right, moving on. Um, now, we don't have a specific date for this yet, but um, a couple of things coming out sometime this spring. Um, first of all, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, Booster Course Pass Wave 4. Um, from Nintendo, um, eight courses, two cups. Um, when this finally comes out, there'll be a total of 32 courses available out of the 48 additional courses that are going to be, um, you know, that eventually will comprise uh, this DLC. So that means we've got two more waves coming by the end of the year. I mean, that's so much new new content. I mean, by the time all of this is out, we're going to double the courses that that the game shipped with. And the Yoshi's Island course especially looks so cool to me. It's it's brand new. And it really seems reminiscent of the original Yoshi's Island game that I remember from Super NES. So excited to try that. And Birdo as well um, being added in multiple colors, um, the first of, uh, of some more um, future returning characters from uh, previous Mario Kart racing games. And uh, man, I mean, I pretty much said all the, I think <laughs> that we've announced on it so far, but just uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is probably in my personal top three games of all time. And I'm not sure where it would rank in that, but anytime I get an excuse to go play more of that game, I'm I'm happy to do it. I mean, I, I know this from, from you personally uh, demolishing half of our team in a, a competition <laughs> <laughs> of us playing this game. But um, yeah, no, I mean, like what more could you ask for for more content to this you know, this just evergreen game that like <laughs> we will always play until <laughs> the end of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. This is like auto pickup for me, you know. Easy. I'm super excited to see Birdo uh yeah. pop up and I uh I look forward to just more and more cool uh treatments to courses. Uh, I think the Yoshi's Island course looks phenomenal. So yeah, and of course, like with the previous waves of the Booster Course Pass, um, if you have a Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion, 
pack membership, you know, you already have access to it and we'll have access to all of the content as it becomes available. But then of course you can also um, buy the booster course pass um, separately as well. So however you get to it, um, if you're a fan, I think you'll, you'll just want to make sure you're able to check out those courses. And then also in the springtime, we've got uh, wave one of the Splatoon 3 expansion pass pay DLC from Nintendo. Um, we've got two waves of content, and this will be the first, uh, the first wave here in spring, which is Inkopolis. So you get to return to that classic city area from the first Splatoon. What do you think, Anthony? Are you going to be jonesing to go back there? I know you've probably enjoyed the new, the new city uh, area, but did yeah. you know? No, I mean, it's, you know, it still feels very, very close and dear. Um, it feels like, you know, like, like I just, I'm ready to revisit it because I, I just, I kind of, it's like to a point where I remember it vividly, but I also kind of love Splatoon 3 and that environment. So it's going to be nice to be able to, you know, be able to have a little bit of that back again. But um, yeah, excited for the, you know, the Wave 1 and Inkopolis. And then um, also, I mean, just the little glimpse that we saw of uh, Wave 2 side order, that was just very tantalizing. So um, I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, very mysterious and, and yeah. launching in the future at some point, but uh, looking forward to that. But, you know, Jason, one cool thing about returning to um, Inkopolis is that you don't have to leave behind any of the new functionality or any of the new gear that you can you know, currently get in Splatoon 3. It's it's like you get to choose where you'd like to hang out, but you don't have to give anything up no matter where you where you pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, for me, this is actually new content because I uh, did not really play much of Splatoon or Splatoon 2 at all. So um, I'm coming into this basically getting another great uh, space to inhabit the game in play, uh, have like kind of the social interactions that I, I think are really novel and, and cool from uh, this franchise. So uh, for me, uh, as, a, as a relatively new Splatoon player with Splatoon 3, uh, I'm very pumped. Uh, I think that's it's really great to see. I'm one of those like archivists where if I have a game in a series and you know, we get to the third game in the series or the second game in the series, I want all of the content to move forward. And that is very pie in the sky and not very much how uh, games work in general. <laughs> so uh, any sort of uh, kind of representation that we can get from older games, especially things that um, folks really enjoyed uh, from the first Splatoon, uh, I'm all for it. So excited for Inkopolis. It's funny to think that, uh, I mean, it's not like it's been, you know, 20 years or anything since Splatoon 1, <laughs> but it's been long enough that I felt strangely nostalgic when I first saw Inkopolis yeah. in the Nintendo Direct. And um, also, you know, getting to see the Squid Sisters perform during Splatfests again, kind of returning to take center stage instead of kind of just being in the story mode. So that'll be really cool as well. Definitely. And then also coming out in uh, the springtime at some point, um, several other games that I just want to make sure we touch on here. On March 6th, we've got the Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC from Motion Twin. Um, love Dead Cells, love Castlevania. Couldn't uh, ask for a better combination there. Likewise. On March 22nd, we've got Have a Nice Death from Gearbox Publishing. On March 28th, MLB The Show 2023 from MLB. On April 14th, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection from Capcom. Great to see a whole new generation of Mega Man titles collected there. On April 18th, Minecraft Legends from Mojang. On April 27th, Omega Strikers from Odyssey Interactive. At this first time I saw that was in the Nintendo Direct, and it was basically like some fun mix of like air hockey and wind jammers, and I'm not sure what else, but I'm, I'm eager to learn more. That looks really cool. 
Um, and then sometime in April, we've got Disney Dreamlight Valley, um, some new uh, Lion King Realm update uh, content from Game Loft Montreal. And then also in April, Tron Identity from Bethel Games. And then uh, at some point in spring, we have Fay Farm from Phoenix Lab, something uh, else to look forward to there. And then moving on to summer, kicking it off in a big way on July 21st uh, with Pikmin 4 from Nintendo. Um, of course, in the Nintendo Direct, we, we got to see the first gameplay from this title, which included a lot of classic Pikmin-style gameplay, um, you know, using Pikmin to break down walls and retrieve, retrieve treasures, fight creatures and giant bosses, things like that. But then a lot of new type of gameplay that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I think um, I I love the trusty companion Ochi already is my yep. <laughs> my forever friend. <laughs> so uh, anytime we can add yes to, uh, a dog like companion, I'm I'm, I'm game. Um, yeah, I you know I recently uh, really played uh, Pikmin three with the uh, the the deluxe version that came out on, on Nintendo switch. And so, um, I'm kind of like recently into it. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to see what this has to offer the, the new Pikmin. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of really fun uses, uh, for that. And it's just, I think it's just a really beautiful game to look at. And, you know, it's like, I would, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, a totally like the most relaxing thing all the time, but you do have those <laughs> moments in there, you know, and um, it's a nice balance. It, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's a good game. So I'm, I'm really excited to try this out. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun thing to kind of combine some of the, the Pikmin. Uh, so with the new Ice Pikmin, um, you know, we have rock and, and all of these different things. And so kind of combining the uh, different powers that they have or their inherent abilities um, is you know, it would just add layers and layers now in, into the fourth Pikmin game, <laughs> Pikmin 4. Yeah. Um, I, but, uh, yeah, I'm also very excited for Ochi and, uh, and what extra layer that adds to the gameplay. Yeah, it's been really cool to see not just the series evolve, but, but um, Anthony, you mentioned Pikmin 3. Of course, when that game first came out on, uh, on Wii U, um, it was a, a game that I really enjoyed, but even... Just in that Wii version, they eventually added some new control options. So the game kind of kept getting deeper and deeper. And then by the time it came to Nintendo Switch, you know, it, it kept getting kind of refined and polished even more um, to the point now that as we're moving into Pikmin 4, I wasn't even sure, like, how do you, you know, what else can you do? Like, it was, it felt like they'd really kind of refined that idea. And then I saw so much stuff in the trailer like you talked about um, Ochi um, being able to ride on his back and giving you rides across the water, things like that. And then the, just that one little addition of the new Ice Pikmin, how they can freeze enemies and then freeze an entire lake, you know, for you to walk across. Um, you think about how that's going to factor into a lot of the puzzle-like qualities of exploring these new areas. And uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot uh, new there to do in addition to kind of, I imagine, a lot of the refinements that they've kind of been evolving along with the series. So definitely looking forward to that one. Then on August 29th, there is a game that um, I've really been following ever since I believe it was on Kickstarter and uh, really been pulling for, which is Sea of Stars from Sabotage Studio. This is the studio that made The Messenger, which is a great kind of like ninja side-scrolling action platforming game for Nintendo Switch. Uh, people should definitely check that out if any of those words I just threw out there sounds like <laughs> something they're interested in. Um, but this is actually a very different kind of game. It's a, it's a brand new game, but it, it has that old school turn-based RPG feel with gorgeous pixel graphics. 
And um, it's something that um, I still don't know a ton about. Um, there's been a couple of trailers for it, but every time I see it, I think um, this really, it's one of those games that simultaneously makes me nostalgic for the old like Super NES 16-bit you know, games like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy titles, but yet it feels very like, uh, you know, very much modern with modern refinements. And, um, you know, that's something that uh, I'm really looking forward to. I I, uh, I totally agree. I think the studio, um, the <clears throat> folks at Sabotage Studio did such a faithful and also like uh, interesting exploration of the kind of side-scrolling ninja genre, <laughs> yeah. as it were, um, from, you know, the uh, 8-bit and 16-bit uh, generation of consoles. And then, you know, seeing their take on uh, this old-school turn-based RPG, every time I see, like, uh, just an image from the game or, um, you know, anything as I'm, like, on social media or whatever, it's so eye-catching. And I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, this is coming out. Like, it's it's going to be here soon. Um I'm I'm all in for this uh, this title, and I I love like a nice, uh, just really well thought out original, but like um, true to its roots uh, type of game. So, yeah. Likewise, and I mean, can you guess what you can do now? You can play the free demo in Nintendo eShop. <laughs> Anthony it's, dropping uh, all the demos over there. Yeah. So we got demos for days uh, right now, and uh, I'm all about it, but. Yeah, I love I love that old school style and the turn-based RPG style. It really is is a nostalgic thing for me, and I like seeing it sort of introduced in different ways and and um, and different creatives. So, yeah, excited for this one as well. You know, it's cool. You know, we get a lot of those games that um, are kind of brought back, like Live Alive. We mentioned earlier was a great example. That's a game that actually did come out for the Super Famicom back in the '90s, I think. Um, that we uh, really got to see reimagined here. And then some other games, including several that that uh, we've either gotten to or we'll get to here on this podcast. But a lot of games that literally were like um, from the heyday of like 16 or even 32-bit JRPGs that are now being brought forward. But then with something like <clears throat> Sea of Stars, what's kind of interesting is you're getting a game that is through the lens of, of people who – developers who grew up playing those other games – and so they kind of know what made it so special to them, and we're getting a, a brand new experience kind of through that lens. And I love seeing that. And, you know, that's something that I think Sabotage Studio brought to the messenger. You know, it was a very new experience, but you could also kind of feel the presence of past games like, you know, Ninja Gaiden and things like that. So um, just really excited to see what they do um, with this because it really does seem like it's a, it's a big passion project for that team. I'm always appreciative of something like that. I feel like, you know, video games is kind of a, a special medium in that way where you can sort of bring things back in sort of the same creative form but through a new lens where, you know, a lot of other mediums you can't really do that as effectively. And so, um, yeah, to see something original and the developers having that passion for it, um, you can only expect really good things. Definitely. Um Moving on next to another game um, coming out sometime this summer, Samba de Amigo Party Central from Sega. Now, have either one of you had much experience with any of the previous Samba de Amigo games? Very sort of uh, vaguely in my head on Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> I was as a child, so yeah, a little bit. It was a kind of a, a flat, uh, you know, a little blast from the past, <laughs> kind of seeing that. Yeah. Sama de Amigo on Dreamcast was where I really fell in love with that original game and holding the actual physical maracas that would shake while you kind of did the, the rhythm-based gameplay. 
Yeah, it was, uh, you know, proto-Guitar Hero, right? <laughs> like yeah, it's... it really was. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I have not. Um, rhythm Games and I, I mean, I'm just, like, I'm tone deaf. <laughs> I have, like, two left feet, terrible rhythm. Like, yeah, so it has never been my thing, but I've always really loved the, uh, the style of these games. It's very fun, very playful, um, and I think it goes really nicely with, uh, just the, you know, the gameplay itself. So uh, excited to see, uh, you know, a variety of genres popping up here uh, over f- around 40 songs, I think, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, should be a really cool uh, update to this franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, I was jamming out in Nintendo Direct. It was like, you know, one of the first games that was uh, announced in there. So I was already bobbing my head <laughs> like 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, and the Joy-Con controller seem perfect for this kind of thing too. You don't, Absolutely. You, you know, you don't need the full maracas when you've got your Joy-Con in each hand. And um, what looked cool about this one, of course, is being able to um, compete against lots of other players in World Party Mode online, and and uh, it just looks like it's it's going to be a blast. And I, I really love it when I see franchises like this that have a really loyal fan base over the years. You know, even sometimes these are a little bit more of your deep cut games, but they were so great and they made such an impact with a lot of people. And it's great to see them come back for those fans. And I'm definitely one of them when it comes to Samba de Amigo. All right. Uh, also, uh, looking at the summertime period, we want to run through a few more games here. On June 1st, we have Itrian Odyssey Origins Collection from Sega. On June 2nd, we love Katamari Reroll plus Royal Reverie from Bandai Namco. And, um, Actually, this one is going to have a free game trial starting February 20th for Nintendo Switch Online members. And then moving on to July 28th, a really interesting and cool-looking platformer called Disney Illusion Island uh, from Disney. Of course, you play as Mickey Mouse and his friends, and it's a four-player platformer. You've got your ground pounds, your wall jumps, and kind of a cool like um, tag-team leap, leapfrog jump maneuver that I think I saw in the uh, in the trailer. Then on June 30th, you've got Master Detective Archives Raincode from Spike Chunsoft. And then at some point in June, you've got Harmony, The Fall of Reverie from Don't Nod. And then uh, coming sometime during the summer, Botan Kaidos uh, 1 and 2 HD Remaster from Bandai Namco and Ghost Trick Phantom Detective from Capcom, which was a, a big uh, 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 kind of deep cup for me that I loved. I think it was on Nintendo DS. Yeah, uh, really cool. Like if you love... Uh, mystery, if you love uh, kind of point-and-click adventure, uh, it is a very bizarre and truly, like, wonderful experience. So uh, I hope more people get to uh, get visibility for that game and, and get to play it because it is definitely a, a diamond in the rough for sure. Definitely. It was really great to see it come back. Now, that's just about everything we're going to touch on today since at this point um, we really don't know that much about what will release this fall and beyond Um, But there are a handful of games I'm keeping an eye on that should come out at some point this year. So at some point in 2023, we're supposed to get Deca Police from Level 5. By the way, great to see so many cool-looking Level 5 games in this Nintendo Array. Yeah, for sure. And then um, Disney Speedstorm from Gameloft, which I've really been looking forward to, again, as a big kart racing fan. Uh, Fashion Dreamer from Xseed Games. And then I was really excited to see this. I haven't seen any timing announced for it. I don't know if it's this year or when. I don't know, but Professor Layton and the New World of Steam, again, from Level 5. So great to see a brand new Professor Layton adventure coming at some point to Nintendo Switch. 
probably my most welcome surprise of of the direct. I am a big Professor Layton stan. <laughs> I uh, I have a Professor Layton figure up on my desk and. Uh, all the games, and it's uh, just a really cool franchise. Honestly, if you're a Professor Layton fan, I definitely encourage you to check out Ghost Trip Phantom Detective. Uh, it's got a little bit of kind of the same uh, gameplay. But, uh, yeah, the new world of Steam. What is the new world of Steam? What, what is it? <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm sure it will be a puzzling world. That's the only thing, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. only thing you can guarantee. Yes. Well, like I said before, there are plenty more games coming this year, but um, that's all we really have time for this time. Um, For anyone who's interested about any of the games we touched on and might want to know more about them, um, you can always find out a lot more at Nintendo.com. There's also a lot of cool trailers for these games on the Nintendo YouTube channel. And um, several of these games are available for pre-order already, too. And and like Anthony kept reminding us, there are some great demos out there. Um, But before we go... um, do either of you have any final thoughts uh, on the year ahead? Maybe the game or games you're most looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the obvious uh, one, as as you know, we talked about for us, was, um, you know, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, let's just go ahead and let's assume that can, that's right at the top yeah. <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, we can assume that that's right at the top. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Advance Wars, and um, that's one where, you know, I've always just kind of been intrigued uh, after seeing what we've seen about the game so far and, um, you know, hearing from people who are fans of the series. They have such high praise and and really love it. So um, I'm particularly excited for that. Um, overall, though, there is no shortage of things for us to play um, up through the summer. So... Um, yeah, just uh, that's one in particular. But again, all of these games, I will at the very least play the demos and and <laughs> and, uh, and and at least get to them at some point this year. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm really looking forward to Blanc, uh, the uh, game from Gearbox Publishing coming out on February 14th. Uh, really stark, kind of black and white adventure. I believe one player controls a fox and one controls a deer. Um, and it just looks like uh, a really beautiful game. Um, really original kind of look. Yes, I haven't seen anything quite like it. Yeah. Um, then uh, there was one more that I wanted to bring up. It is, uh, oh, I guess two more. Uh, so Etrian Odyssey <laughs> Origins Collection. I fell head over heels for Etrian Odyssey 3 when it came out on the DS, I believe, and uh, on the Nintendo DS, I believe, and I was so terrible at it. I couldn't really be even the first dungeon, but in the game, you do your own map, uh, like, drawing and and tracking, uh, and the Nintendo DS was a perfect system for that because you've got the lower touch screen, Uh, but I, I spent a lot of time trying to plot my way uh, in the overworld and then within the dungeons themselves. I was bad at the battle part, but I was uh, very much enjoying my time with the uh, the kind of more creative part, I guess. Um, and then this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I'm a big fan of the Illusion games. So uh, World of Illusion, I believe, came out on the Sega Genesis. Uh, Castle of Illusion has had a remake that came out uh, about 10 years ago. 
And uh, seeing a Disney Illusion game come out in 2023, when I first saw that was announced uh, last year, I was so excited. I was like, they they know they're using that word for a reason. Like, uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see what that game holds. Uh, just really lovely, lighthearted platforming, um, and and I hope it can deliver what some of those. Um, those classic games can for me. You know, I didn't even put that together that with those old illusion games <laughs> until you said it. And I really, I really like those old games. So now I'm even more excited. All right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, you know, I, I will say also a game that really intrigued me just immediately was saying was have a nice death. I know we had a, just like a, one of the best names. <laughs> I know. Yeah. The name got me alone, but, um, I was just visually struck when I, I saw the game. And so, um, Again, just calling out the things that really, you know, kind of caught me and stood out to me. But uh, there's so much to love in this Nintendo Direct. So I really hope everybody gets a chance to try everything or at the very least go and learn a little bit more about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would definitely be a lot to try, but there's so much out there you can check out for sure. For me, um, I've got a pretty uh, – my, my top three would be pretty easy to guess. Um, uh, Pikmin 4 at number three, Advance Wars 1 plus 2, uh, Reboot Camp at number two. I just think I'm going to have so much fun, you know, just spending a lot of time going level after level in that game. And then, of course, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's one of my drop everything games. Like yes, everything else gets, <laughs> sh- you know, shifted to the side and uh, everything else goes to the bottom of the to play pile. And however long it takes for me to get, you know, everything done in uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, that's how long I'll give it. No emails for Chris on May 12th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might come down with a cough that day. We'll see how it goes. All right, well, Anthony and Jason, thanks again for coming on the show, and I really look forward to the year ahead and talking to you both about all these great games. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Likewise. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening, and keep playing with power. Power.